This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOldManSaid.com. Joining me to discuss uh, the rebranded concept of Halloween. It's now called Relegation. Mr. Chris Bird and Mr. Phil Shaw, welcome. Hello, Hello, David. Is that too harsh? Are we getting relegated this season or is there hope? Tell me. There's always hope. We sure as shit aren't mm. going on a European tour, though. <laughs> No qualifying games to be had in the Monaco of the UK. Put that's your passport what, that's away. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> How are you, Phil? Good. Well, had a traumatic... Well, you, you, you oh, should be good because you didn't have to go to the fucking game. Yeah. Had a traumatic enough weekend, a bit of, bit of car trouble trying to get it through MOT. Twice, tested twice in two days, things like that. Just catalogue of errors but oh, it's a good week for you good yeah week watching you. the villa game as well just topped it off nicely fortunately i had a couple of belting gigs so i'm not going to let a bunch of footballers ruin my weekend good well uh it started raining halfway uh from biking back from that shit show so uh wasn't uh too enamored but it's it's toughens you up that's what makes this podcast before we get into uh, dissecting that shit show and uh well basically asking the question what has gone wrong why are we four games down the pan as we've explained, there's been mitigating circumstances, but this isn't like uh, a team missing a few players and perhaps would have won if they had uh, those players. It's a team with uh, no direction, no ideas, no heart, no drive. It's it's rudderless and it looks really bad. And, you know, we, we can smell a fucking relegation battle team off a mile off and this one stinks of it. So uh, we'll have a look at that. We'll uh, get quickly go through the uh, the Villa news. Three points, a little bit of media muppets. We're not going to dwell on the game too much. We'll just talk about uh, the bigger picture. Right, let's have some news, shall we? What do you want? Do you want to uh, talk about uh, Boris Johnson and climate change or uh, the Villa news? Oh, fucking equally shit this week, aren't they? <laughs> fucking dreadful. What an offer. Excuse me. Uh, temperatures raising in both or uh, we can go for man dies during spanish bull running events there, there's something a bit more uh, interesting he got flattened that's, just like the villa then i take it yeah that's training for next week <laughs> <laughs> if that bull run was uh, tomorrow that's where the whole bloody villa squad would be heading on a jet overnight jet right uh, villa news
under 23s uh, rock on in the uh, Papa John's uh, Archer again scored uh, we, we spoke about this uh, when did we speak about it's this? for the weekend all right yes we did Keenan Davis has started scoring goals uh, maybe he's found his level Papa John's trophy can he can play centre back uh, they did get uh, beat 4-0 to Southampton in the league uh, Southampton have got a well, decent uh, academy well uh, over the last uh, well, decade or so haven't they and all of our players are either injured, got COVID, or they're in the first team squad at the moment. So we had a very young side. Yeah, but also Villa are set to uh, appoint another uh, type of coach. Uh, uh, these coaches don't seem to be doing too well at the moment, mentioning no names. Nanny McPhee, this chap's a data analyst, uh, ex-Arsenal uh, Arjar, is it Trevidi? who worked at Arsenal for three years before recently working under Arsene Wenger at uh, FIFA. I hope, I I don't know, uh, I'm not convinced by Villa's recruitment at the moment. It's all just analytics and money ball bollocks, but use use your eyes. Use your eyes. No, I'm seeing that in Villa's play. It's kind of stunted and functional. Uh, They're kind of waiting for the throw-in. They're waiting to uh, think about which free-kick routine. They're not playing with any uh, fluidity. or They they started off the season, played little patches in games, uh, which suggested that was how we were going to evolve on top of that. But all that has just disappeared. It's it's bizarre. On another note, uh, the Polish Cafu, Mati Cash, has had his Polish citizenship confirmed and uh, he could be up uh, for Poland's uh, squad uh, in the next international break uh, actually he had a decent game against West Ham I thought he, was, he did look uh, like a player who was playing for an international place yeah yeah he, he looked like a player who was actually playing for Aston Villa as well uh, <laughs> One of, uh, well, one of one, I think. Right, anyway, uh, let's get into the media Muppets. What's in the media Muppets trough this week, Phil? Well, first of all, we'll look at Mikel Antonio's uh, hamstrings because the Birmingham Mail again threw up the headline West Ham striker Mikel Antonio opens up on hamstring injury concerns ahead of Aston Villa clash. Now, knowing it was going to be a tough game, that's surely to get Villa player or Villa fans clicking in, or maybe players as well, clicking in and say, was Antonio going to be out? Great. But no, of course not. This all came from one line again. There was an interview with Antonio in The Athletic. So... It's actually the opposite of what the headline suggests. There's fuck all wrong with Antonio's hamstrings, as you saw today. Uh, the quote that spawned it was, I used to eat what I wanted. I wasn't the best eater. Now I've changed my diet and routine of life. I've noticed since I changed my diet, I've had less niggles and I've not felt my hamstrings at all. Uh, as I said on the last show, this shit should be illegal. It's uh, completely misleading. And uh, there's obviously people out there who think they're smarter than uh, the readers that click on this shit. I'll just uh, leave it at that. Uh, the only other thing uh, I noticed was uh, there's starting to be a few national uh, pieces about uh, pointing the finger at Dean Smith. Uh, I mean, to be, to be fair, the, the whole 10, for example, uh, you know, they were trying to get a uh, Dean Smith's Clown Blue Army chant going. Uh, Especially when we were struggling. I think, ideally, they wanted to get it going the whole second half. But uh, it's a shame it didn't go on for, uh, you know, twice as long. But... Uh, there's a few na- yeah, national newspapers saying uh, he's under pressure, blah, 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 I think on uh, social media. But in reality, uh, I think it will be different after those three games in November if uh, there's no win to be found. Hmm. But uh, The Guardian, for example, wrote uh, they signed off, you know, it's just you know one of these fluff pieces. Uh, 
Three consecutive defeats have prompted concern in stands and, if local reporters are to be believed, which they're not. We're exactly. The first signs of itchy trigger fingers in the boardroom. That's just the Guardian trying to pr- pretend they've got a nose close to the ground. Dean Smith's very much part of uh, the boardroom's plans, He's always there, has man. been. It would take a monumental fuck-up for him to be uh, booted, let's say, before Christmas. So there's no itchy fucking trigger fingers. It's a load of bollocks. It's just people who have no idea about Villa commenting and uh, using quoting other people who have no idea about Villa, apparently. Right, uh, three points. Five subs look set to be the future. No, it's just the first um, the first sort of direction of travel of this. It's, you have to get the IFAB on board, you know, the international rulemaking panel on board. Yeah. And the, the proposal was put to them to increase the substitutes from three to five and make it permanent. And it's received strong support for the first time. So that's, just, that's where it's, it's heading. It'll probably be the start of the next season when it comes in. So uh, the uh, the the big six or whoever wanted this early doors uh, will have another advantage with their superior squads. Man City can now bring five fifty million pound players off the bench. Yeah. So how did they get? I thought this was fought off at the door. No, this that was domestically, wasn't it? Now this is gone. It's like higher up now, and it will trickle its way down. So once it goes to yeah. FIFA, it will go to UEFA, and then all the the obviously the subsequent leagues across Europe will probably have to adopt it. Yeah, and if the Premier League don't, then they'll be the outlier. So, Which they clearly don't want to be. Great. So uh, just uh, reinforcement of the status quo. Point number two, David Beckham is uh, up to be the face of uh, the Qatar World Cup bid. Obviously seeing the dollar signs there, or the pound signs, reported £150 million for the uh, the mercenary. He's got, a, he's, got, he's got a football club to pay for, and he now he needs the big books. He's, he's got to take into account uh, Vasilev's uh, gold bonuses. So, Ooh, uh, yeah. So that's probably why he's uh, doing it. Well, when Villa bring him home, he'll get, a, he'll get some of that loan fee brought back. But uh, let's not forget, over the last decade, an average of 12 migrant workers a week from Pakistan, India, Bangladesh, Nepal, and Sri Lanka have died building those stadiums and getting the World Cup ready. And uh, while they were dying, they were getting paid a minimum wage of around uh, £200 a month, it works out at. So uh, this is, I mean, this is how they built the Egyptian pyramids, on the backs of slaves it's pretty much how they build everything uh, and uh, if Beckham wants to front that up then uh, he can join a big queue of Geordies in the line of the morally bankrupt point number three Peter Schmeichel's dad has apparently was apparently blackmailed in in becoming a double agent at the height of the Cold War which side, Phil? Which side? Well, this this has came out of nowhere. I mean, it's uh, an interview Schmeichel did with Desert Island Dicks. I think <laughs> Desert, Desert, Dicks Desert is Island very, Dicks is a very different show. <laughs> Desert Island Dicks. <laughs> that's where they're sending the Villa squad in it this week. That's their that's their punishment. Uh, sorry, uh, what, what, what interview was it? Come on, dig your way out of this. Hurry up! Yeah. It's an interview for Desert Island Discs with Lauren Laverne that Schmeichel did. So in it, he revealed his Polish-born father, Tolek Schmeichel, had married the footballer's mother, Inger, and he wanted to start a new life in the native in Denmark in the 1960s. But at the time, at the height of the Cold War, the communist Polish government wouldn't let him out. But they would only agree to let him move to Denmark if he became a spy. So he agrees to that because it's the only way he does it. And then as soon as he gets to Denmark in 1961, he just goes, right, I don't want to do this. He gives himself up to the authorities. But then at the same time, the Danish authorities, right, right, well, we want you to spy on them. So he, <laughs> he goes one way and then he gets spy on the other. But 
So it's not so much the Bourne identity because Schmeichel doesn't think that his father would have been a very effective spy. He, he said, I don't know where he would have found out anything that would have been of interest to anyone, any service in Poland that they couldn't find out themselves, he says. Once he hit Denmark, his life was just work, work, work. So he could have played for Poland. Schmeichel could, yeah. How'd they, how'd they mess that? And Kasper Schmeichel could have been playing uh, alongside Matty Cash as well. Parallel universes. I, but I didn't know uh, Schmeichel had uh, Polish roots. I, th- I thought he was, uh, with his super blonde hair, I thought he was 100% uh, Scandinavian power. That sounds like another movie from Desert Island Dicks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, few candidates to be on Desert Island Dicks uh, coming up uh, as we discuss the... Uh, what went down at Villa Park. We were looking for a reaction after three defeats, but the worrying concern is uh, after those 10 minutes against Wolves, there was an atrocious performance against Arsenal, and this was just a continuation of that. It was pretty obvious uh, and evident uh, off the bat that uh, we were going nowhere in this game. I mean, Bailey made his first start. Ings disappeared, injured, although it was rumours circulating around that that was going to happen. Oh, excuse me, sorry. Douglas Louise, uh, has he got COVID? Is that the story on him? Uh, a bit of rumour, yeah. There's a few people, who, people, uh, players who are poorly, apparently, which if you're poorly on the Friday and you've still got two days, you would suggest that... Mm. I wonder if it's gone to the case now that uh, they're trying to save face here because... This is happening every couple of weeks at the moment. Yeah, and you know, I'm paid my season ticket to see the best players that Aston Villa have bought, so I'm getting pissed off about this. Uh, I'll be frank about that. And this is people in uh, biosecure bubbles, and you know, we've bent over backwards as people to allow these uh, footballers to play where, and the industry so they can fulfil their sponsorship deals and everything. So uh, you'd think they'd uh, have more diligence uh, about staying, uh, let's say, COVID-free and not taking any risks because, you know, they are in a biosecure bubble. It's not as if, uh, you know, they're going to work and going on the train and, and whatever. So there's always a risk, which you, you would understand. What amazes me is it's always, it's leaked on Twitter. I mean, Villa's like are leakier than a sieve, the information coming to them when it comes to the starting lineup. But the same people that leak the information about who's playing and who's not, if anybody asks them, well, what's wrong with them? Why aren't they playing? That's whenever nobody knows what's happened. So that to me says that it's not like a, it's somebody's leaking it on purpose. They're only leaking what they want. The lake. No, it's interesting because, yeah, no, you're right because you see it all over Twitter and then it's starting to uh, come up as fact. And you're thinking, yeah, that's uh, it's no coincidence there, is there, that it's slipping out. Mm. But the biggest one, of course, was selection wise Mings, Mings on the bench, which was a very brave statement to make. I don't have any problems with Mings in that centre back pairing with Konza. No, it, it's same. it's just every every one of those centre backs has been all over the place in this back three. So uh, there's yeah, no problem there. <laughs> and uh, by the way, it would have been Mings's hundredth appearance, I think. Uh, so uh, not the best way to be a to notch up your century. Mings hasn't been great, but there's other players equally culpable. So the the axe could have fell on McGinn. It could have fell on Target. Maybe should have fell on, on Target for some of the performances recently. And so, oh yeah, I mean, why single out, <clears throat> why single out Mings? I think Target. He shouldn't be playing in the next game. He's, I mean, let's start with Target. Uh, as uh, the the chap next to me said. Uh, I mean, as we were saying, he had a you know really good season last season, much improved. And then you work out, uh, as the chap next to me said, uh, yeah, it was a season there was no fans. Yeah, and a few people saying, oh, you know, he really misses Grealish. But I always counterpunch that by saying he got torn a new arsehole when Grealish was on the pitch at times as well. 
So it's yeah. not just that there's no Grealish. I understand there's a small mitigating circumstance that obviously Grealish forces the opposition fullback, but it doesn't stop him making fundamental mistakes. He just looks like a deer in the headlights in front of a crowd. He's yeah. making key mistakes and he's uh, he's looking shambolic at times. Yeah, and whenever he goes to take a throw in on his own half, I'm just hoping that he somehow he throws it to somebody who just hoofs it up because it's, his throw ins in his own half are so bad that they go straight to the opposition and they're straight on the attack. He's 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 sort of a snapshot of where Villa are at right now. Actually, a player who was great last season has had a massive knock to his confidence. And Smith said, "Oh, you know that what people see on the outside isn't what's happening at Bodymore Heath. We have huge belief in this." I'm like, "Well, we're not seeing a team that look." or a collection of players that look like they've got belief at the moment. On that note, Villa trying to play it out the back. Now, it's my understanding, when you play it out the back, you should have players that are comfortable on the ball and, uh, well, you know, decent ballers, shall we say. So I'm looking at this back four, you know, in the hole behind this back uh, four, trying to play it out the back. You've got Konza there. You've got uh, Nakamba, the closest midfielder. These are not, like, super comfortable ball players. To quote your infamous word, clunky, that's how I would yeah. describe Yeah, per- perfect use. I would <laughs> I would describe House as as that. Yeah, target a man who's uh, shits his pants now when he sees the ball coming towards him. Say so, playing him playing out the back, and I, I just looked at that, and it was going nowhere every time. And we were inviting danger, and fifty uh, percent of the time giving the ball straight back to them. When you learn to play out the back, we should be there by now. I mean, this is the third season in the Premier League, pretty much the same back line. And yeah, defensive defensive pivot as well. It's either it's always been Nakamba or Louise. The thing is now the, the recruitment has been based around this playing out for the back. So now we don't have an option if you if you have to go long or if you have to change how you get the ball out from the back. There's there's no more options anymore. Let's play out from the back or nothing with the players that have come in. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you think Watkins, Bailey, if, if there's any strengths that we've got, it's their speed. So I thought, well, you know, you hit just the corners. The, play it in the channels, hit the corners, whatever. It's primitive, but, you know, it gets you up the field and uh, there's less danger of giving it away because at times it looked kamikaze and just clumsy and clumbersome. It just does not look like they're comfortable because there's, you know, no confidence there. And it's, it's just a midfield that doesn't have any, uh, you know, you're looking at McGinn, Nakamba, and Ramsey, there's nobody stands out there that you would trust, you'd have confidence and trust 100%. There's no one there who I, that screams control. Yeah, and like, that's and, what and, I mean. And yeah. like, run. I, I always use the word like run the game. You look at Rice on the other side, he ran the game, he dictated the tempo, all of the patterns of play go through. He is your anchor point, everything goes through him. And then they've got Suchek who can do the same. Yeah, normally when you play at the back, you play it to somebody like him. And, you know, he, he takes the, he looks up and takes the first steps and then gets the party started. Which is something Louise can do. But he wasn't on the pitch. But he wasn't on the pitch, exactly. And this this just looked, uh, it was just going back to Martinez. And then Martinez was, you know, looking up and knowing that he should be playing it back to one of the back four. And he just thought West Ham were just laughing. West Ham never had to go out of second gear in this game. We just played into their hands. No. Again? Again, yeah. Just like last season, but worse. I think they're a well-drilled team, but I don't. they don't seem... They could have destroyed Villa if they were any good, but, I mean, they did destroy Villa by yeah, not they being did. particularly they did, great. Yeah, but they're just well-organised, and it's kind of quite simple. We, we don't look organised, and we don't have the fundamentals down. Like, how do you get the ball, you know, back to front? Yeah, how do you keep the ball? How do you dictate tempo, patterns of play? How do you actually hold your shape? We'll get on to Buendia in a minute. Yeah. 
who I'll have my rant shortly. The ball should be going through him. They should be getting the ball to him as quickly as possible in the midfield. But, I mean, let we stay on it. Before he was uh, hooked, he had 19 touches, which is scandalous. Yeah, people have 19 touches sometimes in one run from one wing to another if they're <laughs> yeah. that good. But they should, be, you know, the ball should be going through him because uh, if, if he's worth 30 million... That's why he's worth thirty million. But at the moment, he's no better than Carlos Hill. No, nope. and he no, was and a tenth tenth of the price. And the fact that he he did do that, sorry, the fact that he he set up that one goal just frustrates you even more because he spends the rest of the time do, not doing what he's meant to do. I mean, he, that's when he did make the run in behind, and McGinn found him, and he you know we found Watkins in the box. But yeah. I I don't know. I think maybe he should be coming dropping a little bit deeper to receive the ball off those back four because technically he's you know when he's got the ball he's he's pretty good. For me, it's just people have I've seen all over social media. Got to play him on the wing. You got to play him on the wing. But he doesn't play on the wing. He's not a winger. He drifts inside. And the way Villa are set up, if you're playing a flat back four, especially, and you don't have the wing backs to give you width, if when Deer is stepping in off the touchline, and this isn't just a few steps in. This is like, fuck this, I'm going to play as a number 10 in the middle of the park. Yeah. Cash either gets isolated or you get you get the ball. And if you if you move the ball at pace, and generally Villa try and move the ball along the back line and it will go to Cash or target and then they play that way. He doesn't. Cash doesn't have an option. He's just got to hit into the channel long for a Watkins or go long. If Buendia actually holds his position or like where someone like a... Um, Traore was last year, who he was generally would would hug the touchline and cut inside. Bailey would probably play that way. I don't think Buendia gives you balance playing in a front three. You've got to play him in the middle where Ramsey would be. You've got to let him run the game because you see all his highlights for Norwich. He probably starts the game in that position, but he drifts inside and gets involved centrally. That's where all his best things happen. Now, that's fine in Norwich where you're probably building a team around him. And that's why I've called him a bit of a flat track bully because he's playing against worst teams. He can get away with that. But against good quality Premier League opposition, they're going to find you out quickly. And if you're going to play on the wing, you've got to have something about you. You've either got to have real tricks, which to be fair for the goal, he did well, but he hasn't got any pace. And the way we yeah. play, we need mobility. We don't well, we, have mobility at the moment. And we need, we, we need work of like two or three people. And we need a player who, who can actually be in the centre of part, receive the ball and run actually the game. Have, have the technical nous to run the game, pick yeah. passes and, and keep the ball as well. Yeah, we need a scheme. Um, because uh, the problem is, uh, Bailey, I think you've got to, when you're a attacker team, you, you've got to occupy them. And then when the ball goes out to Bailey, their fullback is isolated and it's one-on-one. At the moment, you know, they just kick the ball to Bailey and uh, it's like, do something, mate. And he's got two or three in front of him and it's like, uh, against Everton, you saw him once he was put through. You know, it's like you've got to uh, draw the opposition in and release Bailey. He's got to be on the end of things. You can't just give him the ball and then just say, oh, do something. I mean, we've seen that before with, with other players. We've got to be more dynamic across the pitch that suddenly Bailey finds himself one-on-one. Yeah, it's like Villa's attacking... F- it's like they're attacking ethos or they're attacking formation stops three quarter away from the finish it goes it only gets them to like 25 30 yards out and then they run out of ideas i mean other teams i mean west ham taking take all their chances they're following through with their whole plan they're getting somebody into a position where they've only the keeper to beat or that's a tap in that's like that's following through the whole plan yeah getting overlaps and getting around the back i'm bearing in mind i mean i talk about mobility 
we now have Leon Bailey. You know, most fans, including me, called for a flat you know, to go back to a back four and to start Bailey. We kind of got what we wanted. When you looked at the team sheet, you raised a few eyebrows, but you thought, okay, I'll, I'll give this the time of day for now. Yeah. And sort of Bailey was, it was going to take him a while. I accept that. But there was a lot of overplaying in the wrong area and a little bit of just thought, just get your head down and go. Defensive casualness. Defensively, it was it'll, it'll have to learn very quickly. Yeah, these things are fine for a player like that. But when the rest of the team are fucking up all over the field as well, he doesn't get away with it as much. Normally, you can carry someone like that, but he's got no cover yeah. other than, to be fair to him, and I'll move on to probably the, the brighter spark of the game, was Nakamba. And while I didn't think his ball playing was particularly tidy, because it isn't. You just he gets so much favour because he was the one player on the pitch who was trying to get about and just put his foot in. And there was about three, four, five times where the crowd reacted to him diving into tackles. And he thought, fair play, man. When, when you know, if you if you're in the kind of run that Villa are in, I think you get out of it by two things. You either play your way out of it with quality, which we're not going to do right now, or you fight your way out of it with grit. And the Nakamba way is exactly the way that you kind of get the crowd back on side. It's, it only takes one tackle, doesn't it? We've said it numerous times in different games. Games can turn and the crowd gets lifted by someone crunching somebody on the touchline. Everyone's like, yeah, come on. You're probably doing him a disservice uh, in terms of uh, players actually played substantial minutes. He was the second best in terms of uh, ball retention, uh, 86.1%. Only uh, Ashley Young was, was better, so not too bad. Well, actually, Ming's... Uh, the Ashley Young thing, by the way, coming on and playing central midfield was a strange move, I thought. When the logical step, if you've got Ashley Young who can play wide, is stick him out wide and put Buendia in the middle. It's bizarre. I think we said on the, something for the weekend show, is like, I think Rice and Suchek matched up against similar types on the Villa team, you know, whether it be Louise, Nakamba or McGinn, they beat them, no problem. So give them something else to think about. Give them something who, you know, give them Buendia running at them or being kind of nifty in that little pocket between midfield and uh, the centre-backs. Yeah, you've, you've got to get on top of players like that. You saw, well, A for his goal, the first goal as well, and numerous times, and more so obviously when we went down to 10 men, Rice could just sit back in the pocket and just take his time and control the tempo because we weren't yeah. getting on top of him. The way Villa have been their best over the last two, three seasons with Smith has been when they've played at tempo and they've pressed hard, but we lack this belief to go and press teams because we think well if we if we commit we're going to get played through and it's like well, sometimes you're going to have to take that risk itself as you said before we, we seem to be playing within ourselves it's very safe it's almost like we've been given so much information it's like right what yeah. did Austin McPhee say what did Shakespeare say what did such and such say ah shit for example if you've got some momentum you're taking down the right hand side the ball they get a tackle in ball goes out it's like instead of just taking a quick throw and continuing that they're like oh remember it's like throwing yeah. uh, number number eight we've now got to you know you go in the near post uh, you're going and, and it is it feels like that when you're watching it yeah you compared it to the NFL last week that's what it's like it's, yeah. it's turned into American football it's set plays it's like a break and play every time they'll like reset and go again because I, I like players using initiative and, uh, let's say, a bit of uh, cheek, you know, having a quick throw in here. Or who used to, like, throw it off the back of a player? Well, I, I, I remember, um, do you remember when Dean Saunders did that yeah. once? Yeah. For yeah, Sheffield yeah. United, we threw it off the goalkeeper and then tapped it in. Really yeah. cheeky goal. Just, like, using initiative rather than just, like, everything goes stagnant, they get back into position, and then it's like, oh, it's uh, we're going for throw in number six. Or let's do the long throw. It's just, it's just. I don't like this long throw. I don't mind it as an. It's it's an option. It can't be. Yeah, once the in op- a while. Yeah, yeah, it's not the option, surely. And some of our corner, some of our corner routines were fucking 
garbaged. Oh, absolutely it was like, abysmal. Like, oh, what are we thinking about this one? Let's get creative. No, hit an area. I think Phil said it a few times. We've all first said it. First corner. Hit. First corner, that was short one. Awful. Absolute joke. And Leon Bailey's now taking long throws. Are you kidding? Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So we've now got a team, and this is, you know, we're now uh, digging into what the problems are, that doesn't know what the instructions are. All these uh, new coaches trying to impress and uh, show that they're worth uh, signing. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Stop overcoaching. Villa got to the point, I mean, last season where there was a lot of good things. They got the fucking defence sorted out. Early doors, they uh, they had a way of playing to create chances and, you know, encounter effectively. So it was just a matter of tweaks and improvements. Now, yes, Grealish leaving uh, threw a little bit of a spanner in the works because he was hoping to add to Grealish. But then again, we've seen glimmers of, uh, you know, the start of the season. Everton, you- Man U, bits against Newcastle. Even the first half against Chelsea, we were, we were brilliant. Bits against Brentford, little passages. And these are like, you're thinking, well, we're going to get five players back uh, to improve the team that started against Brentford. Yeah, we we saw shoots, shoots of progress, didn't we? You thought there's something to once, build on once, here. Yeah, once they've bedded down, we've got a decent defence that hasn't changed until it was changed. And it's almost like it's it's he's, he's hit the reset button, and uh, the reset has uh, just turned off the team's strategy, ethos, belief. It just doesn't seem to be a happy uh, camp either. Compared no. to uh, they've had a decent team spirit, but this looks a bit. You do for the first time under Smith shit. wonder if if there's there's always stuff we don't know, but do you know what I mean. Where they think is there something that's gone on here, or is there a little split in the camp? Is there Team Mings and Team McGinn? Is there something? doesn't seem a united camp and maybe that's just the frustration throughout the team because they're very aware of you know where they want to be and they know they're not hitting the heights or I wonder if they've got a, a bigger hangover from that Wolves game you know you see it in the season these pivotal moments that can define a season and throwing away a game like that when of course you know, if, you, if you'd have lost to Tottenham but beaten Wolves you'd kind of go oh it's all right no worries and if you go to Arsenal and lose you kind of go well we beat Wolves it's not too bad but because of the manner in which they've lost that Wolves game 
after the Spurs disappointment, it's it's sort of the momentum has actually got worse. They weren't great against Tottenham, but you could get away with it after the Man and Everton games. Wolves just thought, wow, what's happened there? Arsenal, they were garbage. West Ham, they were worse. This curve yeah. isn't sort of fluctuating. This is a curve that's going down. They need to stop the rot. Yeah, and it's getting dangerous now. Because you're into games now that you need to be winning, not should be winning, need to be. Well, you're getting into where it's starting to define what your season's going to look like and yep. what you'll actually be playing for. And we're coming up to a November now where we have uh, Southampton, Brighton, Palace, who can probably beat anybody on their day. Brighton, who uh, managed to claw back 2-0 at Anfield, which is pretty impressive, and, and they've had a great season so far. And Potter's the uh, the talk of the town at, th- at the moment. And uh, Southampton, uh, who have things to play for now, they, they, they've got to get their uh, season going. So these are all three games individually we could lose and have lost in recent years. But at the same time, if we're not winning any of them, then we've got problems because it, uh, newsflash, it gets harder. Suddenly, seven games in December, Liverpool, Manchester City, et al., so you look sun- no mugs. suddenly you're looking at a season that's looking like a relegation battle because that's where we'll be. I mean, we all thought that we would be, you know, up and down, take a while to click. We vouched for all these things. We had the mitigating circumstances. We felt, and I still do feel that we will get better in the second half of the season, but I don't think anybody thought we'd be quite this shit. But you need, yeah, you need uh, a platform to get better for because, you know, for example, uh, if we beat Wolves and, you know, a couple of wins uh, out of this West Ham, Southampton, Brighton, Palace uh, quadruple, then you think, yeah, yeah, you, you still, you know, you got a re- mid-table position, a few more wins in December, then when you will hopefully improve in the second half of the season because players have bedded down and they've actually played and they've got over their injuries then the improvement could take you somewhere but now you're gonna if we have a a naff november then you're hoping to improve just to stay in the fucking league which would be it's it's it's, i would imagine at executive level it's not even in the thought process anymore no no and uh, it could be a rude awakening yeah. yeah, I mean, if somebody has a, a graph or a chart that the that executives like, I mean, it's going to be a big red arrow pointing downwards. I mean, that's going to sort of wake them up a bit. I'm not in the you know the Smith out camp, but these people are using these more tenuous stats like X number of games. But then I think you mentioned it in the summit for the weekend. You zoom back a little bit at our calendar year form, and then you go, wow, fucking hell. Is it then nine you, then, wins in 29 now? And then the argument starts to become a bit more, hmm, now, I'm not yeah. against, I'm not anti Smith at all, but there are questions that are going to need to be answered at some point pretty fucking soon. Because you can mitigate, yeah, well, we had nothing to play for, you know, injuries, and we but just. We kind of did. We let the season slip, although ultimately we're only a few wins away from Europe, so uh, yeah. that we fucked that one up. So, yeah. I mean, you know, the only thing we've always said about Smith from day dot it's was. Streaky uh, as hell, isn't it? Streaky, but also not a winner winner. The only thing he's won is that playoff. And actually Villa to get promotion via the playoffs is kind of embarrassing. Yep. And I do wonder if there's been any impact on obviously the, the turnover of staff behind the scenes. Yeah, Richard O'Kelly, John Terry, the atmosphere around the change room. There's they've had all these little transitions and again it's it's just lots of new stuff and it's just nothing's quite fitting together. 
I don't think uh, there's as much buddy buddies uh, backslapping as like with Terry and Richard O'Kelly because you know Richard O'Kelly was kind of affable. Terry, uh, you know, he's a bit more down with the players. But he's a, no, Terry's a serial winner in everything he does. Yeah, but I'm just I'm just talking about the camaraderie. Yeah, the atmosphere. More like they're they're data analysts now. You're they're this is the thing. You're heading towards this data driven future rather than ex players, rather than you know. You don't want, like to use the term the dinosaur term like football men that guys, they use guys the who get the uh, guys who get the indefinables the stuff that's not on the graph in terms of the camaraderie uh, training and everything that's what we're talking about and the personalities I think uh, have uh, as you said it's a, I think they'll be a bit, bit more detached and not down as much with the players because obviously O'Kelly and Terry have been with them for a few years so yeah. there's a familiarity yeah. there. Yeah, John Terry, while he was learning, looked looked to be very much there to grease the wheels, to sort of like keep everything, you know, moving. The instructions mm-hmm. coming from up above, you know, almost to translate them into football language for the for the players, because he, you know, he was the the closest one to being a player out of that team. Yeah, well, well I don't buy the theory that it's down to John Terry, the whole defence, uh, you know, being good. I I would prefer him to be there to uh, point out what's going wrong, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I don't think it would matter. I think it's just that there's probably so much new information and things can get lost in translation. But we we don't know what's happening now because, uh, as we said, they've regressed in terms of playing out the back. It's, it's almost like it's not natural anymore. Well, they're all, they're all, they've almost got to get used to playing four at the back again now. I, I joked to uh, the person sitting next to me. I, th- I said, uh, I bet Norwich are looking at the fixture list to see when they play Villa to see you know where they can p- potentially get their first win from. <laughs> well, I, I remember when we we did a Man City podcast, didn't we, at the end of last season, and they were flapping it for no particular reason about the game, saying, oh, we're going to fuck it up. I was like, at that point, we are the team you want to play, and it's the same right now, isn't it? If you're a team who are scratching around, if you're a Norwich or a Newcastle, you're thinking, fucking hell, just give us Villa at home right now. Only Norwich have lost more games than Villa. And the number, I mean, we've had at least three whacked past us now. Is this the fourth time or the fifth? I think it might be the fourth. We've conceded three or more. But we've been pumped on numerous occasions now. And teams that uh, concede like that uh, are relegation uh, prospects. And, you know, that's not trying to be scandalous here that's just facts yeah if you're losing badly consistently and cheaply i mean some of these goals are cheaply. awful awful goals and this was a, a you know massive example of that and you're hoping to see some kind of i think a lot of people were saying well west ham decent run at the moment if we get beat no surprise obviously but, but don't get spanked they're looking for some kind of performance and there was there was nothing there that was it was as i said west ham barely in second gear there yeah it's like there, there's no um, there's no anticipation is there it's like everybody in the ground knew that declan rice was going to have that shot apart from seems to be every villa player that was in front of him it's like oh that wasn't in our data plan we didn't think he was going to shoot from there he's not that great a shot he hasn't scored that many goals same with your guy uh, ben johnson scored the first one it's like he just threw the leg at it. it's like they're playing to a script in their head rather than reacting to what's in front of them bailey i don't know what he was doing a little little jump a token angle of the leg closing down with any intensity it's uh, I, you know I'd, I'd be slapping the backs of people's heads when they walked into the change room at half time it's like to what honest, are you David, doing that's probably that's probably the key word that sums Villa up actually since the start of the season has been a lack of intensity by our little fleeting moments and when we've played with intensity let's be fair we look a good side and there are makings of a really good side but when the intensity drops off there's it's, it's there's no gray area it's it's like Jekyll and Hyde in it at the moment the intensity drops off and we're crap yeah well 
uh, there's not much more to say, is there, really? No. This whole kind of, oh, you lose three, four games, then it's the manager out, bollocks. Well, it's not a great time to uh, shift out a manager because if Spurs gets rid of theirs, then you're suddenly potentially behind Spurs and Newcastle because Newcastle will be throwing silly money and they'll want this... uh, project to get off with a bang so uh they'll promise the world to any of managers so we'll be third in line to whatever managers are out there and i can't really see any uh inspired choices out there so i I think at the moment that's not even a fucking conversation and it shouldn't be this is just the modern day football didn't uh didn't chelsea lose four games on the bounce last year and went on to win a champions league yeah well we're not going to do that we are not (laughs) you know what i mean it's like you can yeah, it's, it's no drama as far as I'm concerned. But uh, the problem is, as I've highlighted, if that continue, if we continue winless uh, through the month of November, there's only three games, yep. then we're going into December and suddenly uh, the, the pressure is actually on. Yeah, and, agreed. And uh, that, that just changes players and it changes the situation. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't be starting target in that situation because he has uh, directly cost us key moments in the last four games. So that brings me to uh, this week's player punishment. When we lose, we uh, line up the 11 starters to elect a punishment. Now, uh, I think the uh, the punishment this week is which player are we sending to Norwich to ask for that 30 million back? <laughs> There's actually a clue in the punishment there. <laughs> Are we putting him on an easy jet to uh, Germany to ask for thirty million back? <laughs> I'm 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 going Buendia, but I don't know if it's Buendia's fault or uh, it's how he's being told to play. I'm going to go with both. Hmm. I'm I'm going to break. I'm going with him again because I'm going to that flashpoint moment because the Nakamba tackle with four nails, the fifty fifty. There was an advantage to Villa, but McGinn had to stick his face down into Fornals' face, start to scuffle and make the referee blow it up. And he's got himself suspended for Southampton, hasn't he, as well? Yeah, McGinn, it's... uh... He does great stuff. He he gives you, you know, that kind of uh, enthusiasm. But there's downside to McGinn. That's, uh, That's a problem. He had a shot with his right foot again. He needs to be like electrocuted every time he has a shot with his right foot. It doesn't work, John. Your left's great. Use it all the time. If it falls onto that right, pass. Don't shit. It never seems to fall on his left foot, though. This is the annoying thing. It's been happening for the last two or three years. Sorry, who are you going for, Chris? Um, for punishment this week, I am going to go... I'm going to go Buendia as well, but it's very close because Target's yeah. great. Well, I I, I, uh, I I dragged Target into uh, the punishment uh, last uh, week. Yeah, because he had it last week. We'll share it around. To be honest, they were all equally culpable this week. So, And even for the first time in a very long time, I'd actually give Martinez a little bit of kicking yeah. for that second goal. He needs to he needs to stop getting on fucking long haul flights and actually. Well, be if we carry on like this, I I would say, and you can quote me on this, he'll be I on a short haul flight to somewhere in Europe, probably. Yeah, I think Martinez will go, and I think Watkins would probably go because uh, I I would say there would be demand for them. But uh, let's not get across that bridge just yet. So, but we have to. Uh, pull our finger out here because uh, there's a lot of stake nowadays if you uh, if you're not on that curve because we've been selling you know we've been selling these players this projects you know we've got money new owners new uh, direction we are going to europe blah 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 you know they can easily make this story up but they're going to find it hard the next transfer windows to convince anybody that we're going anywhere 
Yeah. And you'll be getting to the situation next summer where these players that were sold the dream are leaving and that doesn't look good at all. And then suddenly you've got Newcastle coming along and they managed to pip us to the post anyway to uh, Kellen Wilson. West Ham playing in Europe and Leicester and Arsenal you know, and a load of other teams. Yeah, Arsenal on the rise again. This last couple of seasons was a uh, a window of opportunity which... Uh, is starting to close. Starting to close, and uh, we may. Uh, well, let's not even think about that. Yeah. That's too much. There's too much doom in life as yeah. it is. Yeah, my my sort of final point on this is that we talked about it before that we had a little run of four games. Obviously, Tottenham, Wolves, Arsenal, West Ham against teams that maybe arrogantly we thought we were in that club of teams. We thought we should be competing with these four games, four defeats. Has showed we're not in that club. That's the reality right now. You know, some fans think we should be top six. We shouldn't. Some fans think we could be top eight. We maybe could. Maybe top ten. The reality is we're still a mid-table team. <laughs> Bollocks. We're 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 going nowhere <laughs> mid-table at the moment. We're relegation at the moment. But we're not in that club. The, the clubs that. Yeah, we've beaten Everton, we've beaten Man United. We can mix it with good sides, but when you're losing to the teams who you want to be around, it means you're not in the club. If you've consistently done it, you're not in that club. Yeah, but I, I don't know. Last season, our downfall was beating uh, teams in the bottom six. We we couldn't do it and uh, consistently, and we, we were doing better against the teams in the top six. Does that mean we're going to win the next four then? So it's more about uh, <laughs> consistency across the board. And uh, it's not looking good, folks. But uh, good news is we have a game, Fast and Furious. Uh, and then another fucking international break. Hopefully uh, we can do uh, something. But uh, as I said, let's uh, talk about this uh, whole picture at the end of November. But uh, that was a, a tough one to take just from an ineptitude point of view. Well, enough of that. We have we can't dwell now in the past. We have to look forward and hopefully to improvements uh, against Southampton. Thank you very much for listening. And we look forward to uh, seeing the Mailman sub-patrons in Match Club for the Saints game. Uh, please do... Uh, I can't be asked. Right, let's go. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.